Hey, good morning, guys. My name is Black Newborn. If you're joining us for the first time, and I'm one of the youth pastors here at Christ Church in Midrand. Today, we are continuing in our series for our teenagers here at Christ Church Midrand called Unshakable. And if you are joining us for the first time, yes, this is primarily for teenagers, but it can be watched by anybody because ultimately we are looking at God's Word. So let me pray for us before we get into God's Word uh, and then we'll jump straight into it. Lord, thank you so much for this Word. Thank you so much that you've given us these scriptures to sustain us, to keep us going. Lord, you haven't left us to our own devices, our own wisdom, our own strength, Lord, but we can rely on you, Lord, for life. I pray right now that you may open up the ears and the hearts uh, of those who are listening and I pray Father that your word may take root for the sake of producing fruit Lord that we may live lives that are glorifying to you Father. Uh, Father I pray for those who don't know you that today they may have a good introduction to who you are that the friend that they're looking for in this life Lord uh, is ultimately you where true friendship is found where true life and joy is found so I pray, Father, that you may encourage all of us, draw all of us to yourself this morning. Anoint my lips, and I pray, Father, that you may help me, Lord, as I preach. Uh, I pray that you help me, Lord, to speak truth and nothing else, Lord. In your name, we pray for all of these things, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Like I said at the beginning, we continue in our series. This is week four. Week one, we looked at how God himself is the rock that's unshakable. And if you place yourself on him and build your foundation on him, then your life will be steady and you will have a firm foundation into eternity. The second week, we looked at God's sovereignty and how he's in control, that we can trust him even though the world around us seems to be falling apart. Last week, what we looked at is God's word and how there's enough rich promises in this word to keep us going in this life. That when we try to find out what truth is, who we are, what people are, or who people are rather, what the world is, that we can go to God's word and ultimately find, find those answers. And today what we're looking at is God's friendship. That the friendship that we're looking for in our lives and longing for is ultimately found in Jesus and God, through Jesus, offers us a hand and calls us into a wonderful relationship with him to be his friends for all eternity. So what is friendship? I could describe it as a crazy bond, right? Something that you share with somebody where you can feel that you can be your true self. You can be free to express yourself, to share your thoughts, to share your dreams, to share your secrets. Somebody that you can confide in and you know that they're not just going to blabber their mouths and tell everybody at school about your secrets or who your secret crush is, whatever the case is, right? Uh, but somebody where you look at them and you think to yourself, dude, we're actually the same person just in two different bodies, right? If that makes any scientific sense. But get what I'm saying, right? So listen to what C.S. Lewis describes friendship as. And I think this is like probably the dopest description I've read uh, as I was doing this preparation for the sermon. Listen to what he says. Uh, open quote. Friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, What? You too? Thought I was the only one. End of quote. You've probably had that experience in your life. You're at a family gathering, you're at a new school, you're at a mall, you're at a party, whatever it is. And you feel alone, you feel like, I don't fit in, any, in this place, nobody understands me, whatever the case may be. Right? But then somebody says something or does something or speaks of something or they tell a story of where they went. And you think to yourself, what? 
really? You did that? You went there? You like that? You say things like that? Talk me too. Right? And at that point, friendship is born. There's many words in our culture that we use in our vocabulary at school, on our social media that describes friendship. That's how much friendship is important for us because we have a long list of words just to describe this one relationship. All right, day one, when somebody calls you your day one, you know what they mean. You don't have to second guess. Although I have to say that question, uh, uh, that term is, is, is quite questionable because your day one is actually your mother. But anyway, uh, we know what day one means because your mother was the first person you saw the day, day one that you were born. Right? But anyway, somebody who's your day one is your homie. Right? Somebody who's there like super tight. Or, or the word homie, somebody who either comes from the same hometown that you come from or the same place that you come from or they actually just come from your actual home um, or, or somebody that you call my dog I, and it's not dog with a D-O-G but it's D-A-W-G my dog I, that's somebody you know who's like yo we're super tight we ride together man my ride and die I, I, that's another word to describe what a friend is or for girls chummy or girlfriend or the most obvious friend I don't know why you don't become more creative. Like, call your friend, friend. Like, they know they're your friend. Come up with a, another better term to describe them. But anyway, I'm not, like, putting shade on anybody. So girls would call themselves friend, right? Or you call somebody buddy or somebody gang, gang, right? When you some somebody's close friend, you're like, yo, dog, that's my gang, dog. Like, we're together, right? Um, or, or, or my ninja. Right? Or, or the squad. Like, you know, if you you have a group of friends, like, you call that your, your squad, your homies, man. So, friendship is really important for us. In fact, some of the crazy stories that you're going to be telling your kids when you grow up uh, are going to come from the friendships that you have. But here's the thing that I want to remind us this morning. Friendship is actually just a small reminder of what we're longing for in Jesus. The friends that you have are supposed to be a small mirror of the ultimate friendship that you're longing for, that you were created for, that you were designed for, and that is friendship with Jesus. Right? When you have all the good things with your friends, all the benefits that you get with your friends, the, the wonderful times, the good memories that you enjoy with them, Jesus says all those good things are there to remind you of your ultimate friendship that you're longing for, that you were designed for, that you were separated from at birth because of our sin. The friendship that you actually want is friendship with Jesus. And let me just tell you something now. Right? It's not going to be in my talk, but I'm going to put it out there just at the beginning of the talk. You know how other people say, well, listen, I don't have to have friendship with Jesus. You know why? Because in hell, I'll still have my friends and we'll, we'll be together listening to our music, doing all the crazy things that we did. Friendship is a good gift given to us by God. And there aren't any good gifts in hell. So you're not going to have any friends in hell. In fact, you're going to be alone, and it's going to be sad, and it's going to be terrible. Friendship is a good gift given to us by God, and those who are in the friendship with Jesus ultimately experience what good friendship is for all eternity as they live with Jesus and all other friends of Jesus. But in hell, there isn't any friends. There's no friendship at all. So four things we're going to see this morning as we look at this passage uh, in the Gospel of John. I'll just read it for us quickly. But four things we're going to see what true friendship looks like. 
True friendship is made up of love. One, it's made up of sacrifice. Thirdly, it's made up of obedience. And lastly, it's made up of intimacy. So love, sacrifice, obedience, and intimacy. That's what true friendship is made up of and looks like. Listen, John 15, listen to John 15, rather, verses 12 till 15. Listen to what the Apostle John says. This is my command. This is Jesus speaking. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. That someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from the Father I have made known to you. Amen and amen. So let's jump straight into our first point for this morning. True friendship is made up of love. Let me just say this. It's not just any kind of love, but it's that squad kind of love. Right? Verses 12 again. Listen. This is my command that you love one another as I have loved you. So this is what true friendship looks like. But before we get into that, we need to understand what Jesus has been speaking about here in this whole chapter. Right? He's been speaking about how those who are true disciples are supposed to be uh, in Him, abide in Him, right? be found in Him. If you're going to find what true life is as a friend of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, it's not going to be found anywhere else besides Jesus Himself. So you need to abide in Jesus. And that word abide means, yo, listen, you are in Him. Right? You are in it to win it, my friend. Right? You're in there. Right? You, you're living in there. You're chilling in there. You're relaxing in there. This is your life. You are abiding in Jesus. If anyone is looking for you, guess where they'll find you? They'll find you in Jesus. That's what that word abide means. You are in it, bro. You are in it. Right? And so Jesus says those who will find ultimate joy. Because listen to what he says in verses 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So if you want your joy to be full, if you want your experience in Jesus uh, to be full, if you want to have what is ultimately true life and true joy and true purpose, abide in Jesus. And so from there, Jesus says, this is how it's also going to look like. Right? As you abide in me, as you find what true joy is, right? it's not just for yourself. It's not just so that, yo, yo, listen, you can feel like, yo, I, I, I've made it. No, no, no. You share that with the squad. And, and that's the first point that, that we're looking at this morning. At squad love, he jumps over in verses 12 and says, I'll read again. This is my command that you love one another as I have loved you. If you abide in Jesus, if you're in him, I, you don't live a life that is selfish. Everything is not about you. Right? But everything is about loving God with all your strength, mind, and soul and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. So see, true friendship in Jesus is made of that squad kind of love. Loving others as Jesus has loved you. So he calls you, yes, into an individual relationship with him. But that individual relationship you have with Jesus is expressed and it grows in the context of the squad. Right? So how do we know that you're in love with Jesus? Well, we'll see it by how you love others. How do we know that you're a true friend of Jesus? Well, we'll see it by how you love other friends 
of Jesus. And Jesus in verses 12 gives himself as the model. Love each other as I have loved you. Jesus' love was not selfish love, but it was selfless love. He gave himself to his friends. In fact, the Bible tells us he left his glory in heaven. He left the throne. He became like one of us. Came to earth, humbled himself in Philippians 2, the apostle Paul tells us. He humbled himself, became like one of us. Right? That's how he loved us. He didn't think of himself more highly. He didn't think of himself uh, as, yo, I'm actually just, and he is better than humans. He's better than us. But he didn't think of himself that way. Instead, he humbled himself. The God of the universe, the creator of all things that we see, humbled himself. And that's how he loved us. And that's the model that he gives us, that we love our homies, our chomies, our friends, our girlfriends, our squad, our ninjas, whatever we call them. Right? Those who are in him ultimately, you love the friends of Jesus the way Jesus has loved you. And that is selfless love. And it doesn't end it. He actually demonstrates for us what the selfless love looks like. Verses 13, which is our second point. The first point is that true friendship in Jesus is made of love. Love for Jesus. Love from Jesus. Love to the other homies that love Jesus. Can you see it? Jesus loves you, you love him, therefore he enables you to love all other homies who love Jesus as well. And when they love Jesus, they love you as well. Can can you see how this is just working so perfectly? When I love God, he enables me to love others. And when others love God, they, they in turn love me as well. And so we love each other as we love God and God loves us as we love each other. Yo, that sounds like a, a rap. But anyway, I... You get it. And, and, and so the, 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 the example Jesus gives us is himself. And in verses 13, he shows us the second point, which is sacrifice. True friendship is made up of sacrifice. Listen to what he says in verses 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay his life for his friends. See what Jesus says. I'm friends with you because I laid down my life for you. I'm not friends with you because we go to the same school. I'm not just friends with you because we go to the same church. I'm not just friends with you because we live in the same area or our parents are friends or because we in the same sports team or we like the same music. Yo, all those things are dope. I'm not saying that don't be friends with, pe- with, with people you share the same interests with. No, no, that's dope. But Jesus says, yo, listen, my friendship with you it is ultimately shown and proven by how I laid my life down for you. Your day ones can claim to lay their lives down for you. And it might be true, right? You're like, yo, man, listen, if we get into trouble, bro, we're not snitching on each other. Stop. Your day one can do that, right? But ultimately, that sacrifice is not going to mean nothing in eternity. Your friend can lie for you right now. Or your friend can have your back right now. Or your friend can do whatever it is that you want them to do for you right now. But ultimately, in eternity before God, that's not going to mean anything. True sacrifice is sacrifice that's done in light of eternity with God. And that's what Jesus has done for you. That's what Jesus has done for me. So that we can be called his friends. He laid down his life for us. That's the heart of the gospel. That's what Jesus left heaven for. He came on this earth to lay down his life for you and for me. 
Because we couldn't lay down our lives. We were destined for hell. We were separated from God from birth because of our sin. We were enemies. We were gunning for God's throne. We wanted to do life our own way. We wanted to be independent from God. And therefore God declares us as rebels. He declares us as enemies. So think about it. Jesus died for his enemies so his enemies can be called his friends. That is that is buck. Right? Just think about it. You're watching Avengers Endgame, right? And there Thanos is and is fighting everybody and is a villain and everyone wants to destroy him. And you know how, how it ends. If you haven't watched it, bro, it's not my fault that I'm ruining the ending for you. It's too late. I anyway. But Iron Man comes and he and he takes he takes the, the, the stones away from, from, from Thanos. Right? And Thanos is there, ready to snap his fingers. Right? Says his, his, his famous line, I am inevitable. But nothing happens. And then the camera pans and, and, and it shows us uh, Iron Man. And Iron Man says to Thanos, I am Iron Man. Snaps his fingers. I destroys everything. Saves his friends. And we're all like, yeah, that's amazing. Now imagine if that flipped. And Iron Man said, I am Iron Man and destroyed his own friends to save Thanos. We'd all be like, yo, that's crazy. Why are you saving the villain? Why are you saving the bad guy? Why are you saving the dude who was after you? Why are you saving the dude who was trying to kill you? But that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus sacrificed himself for his enemies. You are Thanos. I am Thanos. We are all those, those weird, ugly-looking creatures that were fighting for Thanos, whatever they called, right? And we were there with our master Thanos, trying to go against God, being enemies, and yet God is the one. Jesus says, yo, I am Jesus. Snaps his fingers and saves the enemies. Saves you and I. And here's the thing, man. Jesus is Far better than Iron Man. Jesus is a million times better than Iron Man. He's the creator of the universe. He's, he's, he's ultimately righteous. He's ultimately holy. He, he is the definition of what good is. So we might look at Iron Man's sacrifice and think, yo, that, that's pretty dope that you did that for your squad, son. It's pretty dope, right? But, but Jesus didn't have to. Because he's ultimately right. He's ultimately righteous. He's ultimately holy. He's ultimately good. He's ultimately perfect. And so therefore, his justice against us was going to be correct, right, and perfect. But he doesn't exercise his justice on us. Instead, he exercises it on himself for the sake of our own life so that we can be called friends. That's what true friendship is in Jesus. He sacrifices himself for us, sacrifices himself for you, sacrifices himself for me. Again, your homies can have your back, but in eternity it's going to mean nothing. When you stand before God, God is going to say to you, why should I let you into my kingdom? And you cannot say, yo, because my squad got my back, I right? Yo, listen, Jesus, yo, me and my squad would we, we, we ride or die, son. My day ones, we're all there, you know what I mean? These, these are my boys, son, we, we got it. Right, God is going to be like, all right, gang, dog, that's cool. And? And? But for those who stand before God and God says, why should I let you into my kingdom? And they say, because Jesus has my back. God is going to turn around and look at Jesus and see his perfect, spotless, holy, righteous, perfect son. 
and says, yo, man, if that dude's got your back, then definitely, all right, come in. Come in. So Jesus has sacrificed himself for us. That's what true friendship looks like. Listen to what verse 14 says. So the first point we looked at is squad love. Verse 13 is sacrifice. Verse 14 is, is how to respond to this. Right? When our friends have our backs, we, we promise them stuff and we like, yo, dog, thank you so much for having my back. Like, yo, dog, I got you. You know, for the next two weeks, I'm going to buy you lunch. Whatever crazy thing we say. Right? But, but listen to how Jesus wants us to respond to his ultimate sacrifice. Verses 14. Listen to what verse 14 says. You are my friends if you do what I command you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. As Jesus lays down his life so that we can be called his friends, he calls us to respond in obedience. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I'll I'll repeat that. And I think that's a very important thing for us to hear. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And and you might read that and think, wow, Jesus, you're such a bully. Like, I'm only your friend if I do what, what you tell me. No, no, it's not like that. Again, he's, he's, he's ultimately righteous. He's ultimately uh, perfect. He's ultimately good. Right? So the standard of what is right and wrong, he ultimately has it. The, the standard of what is good, the standard of what is holy, he ultimately has it. So if you're not listening to that dude, then you're not listening to anything. So when he says, if, you keep my, if you're my friends, you will keep my commandments... Yo, he's saying that's where you will find what is ultimately good for you. And his commandments, remember in this whole verse, chapter rather, he's been telling his disciples to abide in him. Why? So that they can have true joy. So he's saying the same thing here in verses 14. If you're going to be my friends, well, listen, you need to follow my commands because it's in there only where you can find what is good for you. Only in there you can find what is your true purpose. Only in there can you find what is true joy. Only in there can you find true and ultimate growth, maturity. To holiness, to perfection in Christ, to look more and more like Him. So, so let me challenge you this morning. If you have claimed to be a friend of Jesus, because most of us claim to be friends of Jesus. Why? Because you probably go to a Christian school. Or, or maybe because your parents are Christian. Or maybe because you were baptized when you were young. Or maybe because you've attended a confirmation class. Or maybe because the rest of your squad are Christians. And so, therefore, you also claim allegiance to Jesus. And you're saying Jesus is your friend. But when we look at your obedience, when we look at your life, it says you're not a friend of Jesus. Instead, you're living and behaving and speaking like his enemy. Are you a friend of Jesus? If so, you will do what he commands you. Verse 14, I'll read that. You are my friends if you do what I command you. That is so straightforward. As I read it the first time, I was like, yo, Jesus, you should have put an only there. You are only my friends if you do what I command you. But there's no need for only. It's so straight and forward. You are my friends if you do what I command you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. It is insane. Let me give you an example of where we see this insanity of of this kind of living. People who say that they're Jesus' friends but don't live according to his commands. You've all watched the award shows when artists get on stage and they accept an award. Most of them. Get on stage and say, yo, I want to thank God. Yo, I want to thank Jesus. You know, I want to thank the man upstairs. I want to thank the Lord above for giving me this award. And I always think to myself, 
Bro, but all your music videos, there's like half-naked women, women that are twerking, all your songs, you're just cussing, you're even using God's name in vain, you're even using God's word as a cuss word. But yeah, you're standing in front of the whole world and you're saying, Jesus is my friend, but your music and your lifestyle says otherwise. It says you are an enemy of God. See, all squads have squad codes, right? Some squads have squad codes that are spoken. Yo, this is what we do in the squad, right? But most of our squads have unspoken codes. But we know what the squad code is. And you never violate the squad code. We just don't violate the squad code. But for some of us who claim to be in the squad of Jesus, violate his squad code all the time. We violate his commands all the time. Every single day and hour and minute of our lives. We're just violating the squad code of Jesus. We break his laws. We hate his commands. We hate his word. We hate his people. We hate what he tells us. But when we get blessings in life, we want to say immediately, yo, we want to thank Jesus for this. Right? You don't live for Jesus. You're not a friend of Jesus. You're not obedient to Jesus. But that one time you passed mats and you knew you were going to fail, but somehow you passed it. The first thing you're like, oh, thank God, bro. Thank God. It's even in our language. Right? You, you're out with your squad and you're going to go do something stupid. You're going to go buy alcohol when you're underage and you're not supposed to drink alcohol. And maybe one of your friend's parents comes into the bottle store, whatever the case is, and then they don't bust you. And the first thing you say, oh, thank God I wasn't busted. Yo, don't claim allegiance to Jesus, but you're living like you're not his homie. Don't claim allegiance, but you're not living like his homie. Your obedience is a pro an appropriate response to a true relationship with Jesus. So if you're not obedient to him, you are not his homie. Jesus is not your day one. Jesus is not part of the squad, son. Only those who obey Jesus are Jesus' true and ultimate friends. Let's look at the last point. So we've seen squad love. We've seen sacrifice in true friendship. We've seen obedience. How we respond to the sacrifice that Jesus has done for us or made for us. Ultimately, Jesus gives us intimacy with him. That's what you were designed for. That's what I was designed for. That's why when, when friendships break apart, there's a big hole that's left in us. That's why when families break apart, there's a big hole that's left in us. That's why when your friend moves away, that's why there's a big hole in us. Why? Because we're designed for intimacy with other people. We're designed for companionship. We're designed for, uh, for, for, for being part of a squad. To be with Jesus, ultimately. So we are designed for intimacy. Intimacy is not uh, a foreign thing to us. We long for that. We're designed for it. Verses 15, listen to what the word of God says. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends for all I have, uh, for all, for all uh, that I have heard, rather, from the Father, I have made known to you. Listen to what Jesus says. 
That's, that's the ultimate intimacy that we experience in Jesus. Right? If you're in Jesus, like Jesus is with God, then whatever he shares with God, Jesus says, Yo, I share that with you, son. That is access. You and listen, listen, you an enemy. You you were headed for hell. God God had his wrath over you. God God had, had already pronounced judgment. But then Jesus says, Wait, Father, let, let me go save them. Saves you. Brings you back into a relationship with Him. Not only that, but He gives you access to the Father. He gives you access to the throne room. You can speak to God directly through Jesus. You can call God your Father directly through Jesus. I said this to you guys many a times before. If we look around in the world, all of us are God's creatures. But only those who trust and believe in Jesus and have given their lives to Jesus can be called the children of God. Everyone else who's outside the kingdom of God is a creature of God. God is a creator and he makes creatures. But the ones who call him father are his children. Your dog cannot call your father father. Your dog cannot call your father dad. Right? But your dog can call your father master. But you can call your dad dad. Because you're not the pet of the house. You're not the creature of the house. But you are a child. And so those who are ultimately in Jesus can call God father, Abba. The Spirit of God enables us to have this close relationship with God. It's this access that Jesus is speaking about here that we are granted because now we are in a friendship with Him. Imagine being friends with Cyril Ramaphosa's children. Anything that the president is about to do, they know because that's their father. And therefore, if you have access to them, they'll give you access to what their father has access to. Imagine if you were if you were friends with Drake's kid. I I mean Drake's kid is young, so you can't be friends with him. But just imagine if Drake's kid was a teenager and you were friends with him. All the exclusives that Drake's is about to drop, that Drake is about to drop, rather, you have access to that. Before Drake drops a new song, son, you would know it. Why? Because you're friends with his son. If you are friends with DJ Khaled's son. He's also too young. But imagine if you were friends with him. And every exclusive that DJ Khaled has, you would get exclusive access to. Alright? That's, that's what Jesus is speaking about here. You are homies with him. Therefore, you have access to his father. You can go to God and, and pour out your heart. Alright? You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through ancestors. You don't have to go through a, a friend, an earthly friend. But Jesus grants you access if you are in his squad to have access to the Father. Whatever he has heard from the Father, he has made it known to us. Those who are in a relationship with him, his disciples. Those who are his true friends, his true companions. So give your life to him and he gives you access to the Father. That's the level of intimacy that we experience. Don't don't you want that? 
Don't, don't you long for that. As you spend time with your friends and, and it has to come to an end because school is, has come to an end or church has come to an end or holidays have come to an end, you always feel the sense of, of separation, the sense of, of longing. Sheesh, I'm not going to be with my boys. I'm not going to be with my girls anymore. I'm not going to hang out with my homies. Oh, I wish holidays could come. Oh, I wish church could come again. Oh, I wish school can come again. I'm tired of being at home doing homework alone. I just want to be with my friends. Now imagine having ultimate intimacy with God for all eternity that never ends and you can have it now because you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ. True friendship has squad love. True friendship has sacrifice. True friendship has obedience. True friendship has intimacy. Now let me end off with this. Earthly friends are cool and you can pursue friendship with them. And I'm not saying don't love your squad. Right? Be with your squad. But remember that your squad is just a small mirror. All the good things. And I mean like, like truthfully good things. Honestly good things. Not when you become stupid and you act dumb and you think all oh, that stuff is good. No, 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 no. What God defines as good. All the good things. Like the fact that you, you, you long for your friends. Like the fact that you want to protect them. Like the fact that you want to look after them. Like the fact that you want to care for them. All the good things that you experience with your friends. The laughter. The fun that you have with your friends. Good fun. God says all of that is a small picture of the, 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 the intimacy that, you, that is, is waiting for you. With him, if you're not in him. But if you are in him, he says, yo, that's just a reminder of what you're already experiencing in him and you're going to experience for the, for the rest of eternity. So your friends are just a small picture. Ultimately, look to Jesus for what true friendship is. Ultimately, turn your eyes to Jesus. Because your friends can disappoint. Your friends can leave this earth before you. Your friends can go home. And their friends can tell them that they're moving and you'll never see them again. Your friends can change schools. Your friends can decide you're not cool enough anymore. I'm going to hang out with another squad. Your friends could think, watch, you lame, bro. You don't have the latest sneaks anymore, bro. I'm going to hang out with somebody. Whatever the case is. But Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never abandon you. Jesus will always have your back. And when it matters the most on judgment day, Jesus will definitely have your back in front of the ultimate judge of the universe. And Jesus will plead your case. And Jesus will protect you. And Jesus will care for you. And Jesus will be there for you for all eternity so that you can experience what true intimacy is for the rest of your life if you are in Him. So give your life to Him. Turn to Him. Cling on to him if you haven't given your life to him. That's where true friendship is found. And I'm going to pray for us now that we may think about these things. That for those who are in Jesus, we may celebrate the friendship that we have in him. So let's bow our heads and I'll pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you have given us true friendship in yourself that you've given us earthly friends to remind us and point us to what this true and ultimate friendship looks like father for some of us who are watching this right now who are not friends with you i pray father that you may turn our hearts towards you that you may help us to give our lives to you so that we can experience what ultimate and true and good and perfect and righteous and holy friendship is and that is in you I pray, Father, for those who are friends, 
that they will continue sharing the truth about what you've done for them so that other people in this world can become friends with you as well. Thank you for the gift of friendship. Thank you that is a good gift that we will experience in eternity, Lord. And for those who are delusional, those who have deceived themselves to think that friendship is in hell, Lord, I pray that you've awakened their hearts to the reality that all good things are not in hell, but they're with you, so that they may make a decision for their lives right now to turn to you, Father. In your precious and holy name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Guys, thank you so much for watching this. We pray that you are blessed. We pray that you are encouraged. We hope that you would share this with your friends who are not in Jesus and your friends who are in Jesus, that they may be encouraged and share this with their friends as well.